0: Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. In the moments of trial, trials come. The Bible says you have heard of the suffering of Job. Trials will come. Challenges will come. Remember, if there is no test, there will be no testimony. Tell somebody, without a test, there will be no testimony. Without a test, there will be no testimony. So your test, tell somebody your test, your test you are going through. Be faithful through it. Believe God through it. Because you are going to come out with a testimony. In the name of Jesus, shout amen. Please come with me to James chapter 1 verse 19. If you you know someone called James, just give, give the person a smile. If you know someone called James, say amen. All right, James chapter 1 verse 19 to 21. He says, so then my beloved brethren, now before he comes to verse 19, it's very, very important that we look at verse 13 or verse 12 because it's key to what is being explained in 19 and then you will get the, the context of the message. In verse 12, the Bible says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now that word temptation is the word trial, amen, tests. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. You are to endure and overcome. Receive an enduring grace in the name of Jesus. Every child of God, everyone ordained by God, called by God, so long as you are recruited into the army of God, there will be seasons of trial and there will be seasons of challenges and your your duty as a child of God is to hold your place in God and be determined to be an overcomer. The Bible says... He, this is the one who overcomes. Even our faith, our faith overcomes. The Bible says we overcome the world through him who lives in us. Christ lives in you, so you are an overcomer. When God wanted to give Abraham the fulfillment of the promise, he allowed the child to be born, and then the Bible says, and God tested Abraham. The old King James will say God tempted him, but actually God tested him, took him through a trial, and said to him, take your only son your only son Isaac, take him and go and sacrifice him for me. The Bible says Abraham went through this trial, endured it, and in the end, he became a father of many nations. There are many trials that will come in the way of believers. David knew that. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I came to announce to you, your afflictions may be many, but if you hold your faith in God, God will take you out of them. In the name of Jesus, can I hear an amen? Amen. Now, the Bible says in James chapter 1, and the verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, so the test you are going through, you will come out approved by God. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Can you imagine that those who love him are supposed to go through some trials, And when they endure it, they will be approved. May we understand the keys for this approval. In the name of Jesus, they will receive a crown. And then verse 13, let no one say when he's tempted or when he's on trial or when he's going through tests of life, that God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Amen. He doesn't tempt us with evil. Whatever we go through, God will through the trial make a way of escape. The Bible says there's no temptation that has ever seized man that he's not able to overcome. That God, by his help, through God, with the temptation, God will make a way of escape. I see your way of escape coming. In the name of Jesus, your situation will not be the same. This trial is for a season. You will pass this test. Anyone that has written on exams before know that weeks and moments before the exam, there is some tension on you. Nobody should try to take your blood pressure. They will make a wrong diagnosis. You may not be hypertensive, but the tension is so high. You don't feel like eating. You lose appetite. All kinds of things. And when you get into the room, especially when the first three questions are not in any way favorable at all. You begin to wonder, what shall I do in this place? All the tensions and etc. But when you have endured and you have come out, very soon results will come. And when the results come to your shock, you found out that because you went through and didn't abandon the room, but when you sat down and you thought through things, and you began to remember some things, and you were not confused anymore, there will be another thought that say, just get up and leave the room. Just leave the room. for all oh, you have failed already. But when you sit down, and you begin to go over the question again, and go the question again and you find out that no, I think I have a question for the part B. I have an answer for part B. And by the time you are answering part B, you get a remembrance somewhere at the back of your mind that I think I know what A is. And then you begin to move to question two. And then the very thing you saw as a challenge, very soon you find out that you have been able to answer all the questions. And when the results come after three months, you see that you have passed the exams and you have moved to the top. I see you coming out of this trial in the name of the Lord Jesus this trial will not kill you. It is targeted at your flesh but you will rise above it in the mighty name of Jesus. Shout I believe. So he says that if we go through this we will receive a promise. Then he says let no one say when he is tempted that God is tempting me with evil for God can't be tempted with evil. But each one of us is tempted when we are drawn away by our own desires and then we are enticed. And then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown Brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. You are a product of the word of truth. You have been given birth to by the word of truth. And he says, so that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Then, verse 19 So then, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Hallelujah. These three essentials are necessary when you are going through trials of life. When you are going through unforeseen challenges, temptations, pain, afflictions, suffering, persecutions, nakedness, all kinds of things. That happened to you when suddenly you have been brought low and mocked at and called names and mistreated and mishandled and all kinds of things are going on and you don't know what will happen next. You don't know how you are going to pay the bill next because every and, and that's the moment when after you are prayed, you receive reminders by text messages and when you get home, you get the letters and you know you, you don't need to be a prophet when you look at all the letters. You know that they are all reminders and threats. And you wonder, where is salvation going to come from? Who is going to be my help? The Bible says, when we are going through trials, He says, number one, be swift to hear. I pray for you this evening that you'll be swift to hear. I pray that you'll not be slow to hearing, but you'll be swift to hear. Because sometimes in the moment of trial, you will hear a voice that tells you, don't do that stupid thing that is coming to your mind. Don't do it. Don't take that step you're about to take. The devil is a trap that the devil has set for you. So may you be swift to hear the voice of God. May you be swift to hear counsel. Be swift to hear good advice. Be very swift. Don't be dull in hearing. In the name of Jesus, be very fast to hear. In the moment of trial... Be swift to hear. And sometimes in the moment of trial, you have to be swift to hear everything. Sometimes good or bad. Sometimes you must, you must hear what the enemy is planning about you. It delivers you from embracing the bosom of an enemy. In the moment of trial, you must sometimes hear, it's like, don't listen to everything. Sometimes you have to listen. Because you must hear what someone is saying. But you must be emotionally mature that you don't let that eat you. Because if you don't hear what they are saying over you in your moment of trial, you may go to them for consultation. You may go and say to them, look at what I'm going through. And they will be laughing because they are the ones behind it. They are the ones that will spread your story and make it worse. So you must be swift to hear. Hallelujah. You must be very swift to hear. The, The next thing is that the Bible says that and you must be slow to speak. Number two, slow to speak. Now, that doesn't mean slurred speech. It doesn't doesn't mean, Naneko, can you give me the microphone? No, 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 that's not slow to speak. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about talking back expression, speaking things, saying things, whatever you are going through, you must be slow, you must think before you speak. That's exactly what it means. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. In your moment of trial, you may be tempted to say something. You may be tempted to go and ask the wrong person. To go and expose yourself prematurely to some environment or to something. It is true that there's pressure. It is true that there are many things coming. But listen, may you be very swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to say yes to certain things. Amen. Think through. Take take some time before you respond to something. That's what he meant by slow to speak. Because sometimes when people are going through trials, they want to say everything. Don't say everything. Amen. Sometimes when you are going through trials, sometimes the, the, the first offer that may come may not be from God. It may be a trap of the enemy. And you just go and say yes when you shouldn't say yes. It is better to say, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to think about it. So you can prayerfully think through before you speak. It is called being slow to speak. Sometimes you, can, you have to hold back from talking. It saves you. The Bible says that many people attended Jesus' church and most of the Pharisees who attended the church, they didn't attend so that they would be saved by the message of Jesus. The Bible says they were messengers of the chief priests and the rulers to go and find out that he would say something that they would pick to find a reason to accuse him. When your moment of challenge and pain, hold the fire back. Amen. Sometimes you may be provoked. Don't display everything. Keep it there. Have self-control in the name of Jesus. Because already they are telling people that you don't respect. So by the time they set you up and you two went, kick, 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 say, ah, we said it. She doesn't respect. She's very rude like the word rude. But you self-control. Control yourself. Amen. Be swift to hear. Be slow to speak. Don't utter everything. Hold things there. Sometimes somebody's fooling, but just hold it there. There is a time to speak and a time not to speak in Jesus' name. So when we are going through the test of time, don't be quick to talk. You know, sometimes people are going to try and then they begin to curse God. Job's wife said that to him. He said that to him. He said, look at what you are going through. Why don't you curse God and die? And Job said, you speak like one of the foolish women speak. Have we not received abundance from God? And if today we have luck, why should I curse God? I will retain my integrity. And the Bible says, in all this, Job did not sin by way of his mouth. Don't let the devil tempt you to curse your own self. To speak and say, "God, God has abandoned me. Because that's what the voice of the enemy says. That God has abandoned you. God has not abandoned you. He's taking you through a test. In the name of Jesus. You will come out better. But the way to go through that test is to be slow to speak. Point number two. Be slow to speak. The Bible says the wise man holds his mouth even in the moment of provocation. Keep it. In Jesus' name. Sometimes you may be giving an offer and you think through and realize, no, despite the fact that I'm in this need, I won't take it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Recently there was an offer for us, for the church building. I listened to the thing. It appetizing, but when I think through it, no, 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 the disadvantage is too much. I don't want it, even though I need this money, but I think I don't need it. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to hold back. There is a better promise coming. Enemy to rather have an advantage over you. I don't know what I'm prophesying to, but I pray for you in the name of Jesus, that the grace of God will come on you. That you exercise the maximum self-control so that your soul will escape like a bird out of the snare of the fowler in the name of Jesus. In the moment of pain, trials, tribulations, and challenges and tests, be slow to speak. Amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. 1019. Two two quick scriptures just to back this one. Proverbs 10:19. In the multitude of words there is no want of sin. He said, in the multitude of works, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? Yeah, hold, hold the fire. There are times you will be going through trials, challenges, even in the marriage, in the relationship, and then we begin to insult each other because of the pain. Because of the challenge, because of the rent, because of the accommodation, because of the bill, because of this problem, because this one has brought the bill, because this one this, because of that, and they will begin to curse each other and begin to speak things that we ought not to speak, and sometimes you wonder, is it not, is it the same person who was just leading worship? Hey, freezer. Oh yeah, hi, Nanado. And then as soon as they got home, then they begin to speak as if they have been employed by the devil. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. That is why you must restrain your lips and be slow to speak, but be quick to hear. In the name of Jesus, be quick to hear. You may hear all kinds of things, but your response must be measured must be controlled, must be thought through in Jesus' name. There may be precious. All my classmates, all my friends are getting married. Yes, but hey, it's not everybody you might just say to. You don't have to say yes just like that. It's not everybody you must propose to because Charles, as for you Just you have to get married. When you find it, come, come and tell me. I will scan her. And then I'll tell you this one is correct. In Jesus' name. Are you here? Look at the way Anticillia is laughing. She's just, she's just, glory be to Jesus. But don't, don't, just, don't just go and propose to anybody just because you're under pressure. Don't just accept proposal because you're under pressure. Otherwise, you may, you, your, your father-in-law will be the devil because you end up marrying his son. The Bible says, he himself, he has manifested as an angel of light. May we be very smart to descend. Not every offer that comes, we must just take it. Sometimes it is a trap. Be very slow to speak in Jesus' name. And it is not very easy when you are going through the trials to hold your peace. That is why it is a very important thing that the scripture is teaching. Do it. Whatever God tells us to do is not easy. It takes the grace of God. But it is the key. It is the key to the breakthrough. In Jesus' name. I see this message is going to bring somebody a lift and a raise. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes things may happen in the workplace right And you feel like talking. Hold back. Think through before you speak. Sometimes it's just a test. You don't know whether the promotion is coming next. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 14. Ecclesiastes 2, 14. It says the wise man's eyes are in his head. It's one of my favorite scriptures. The wise man's eyes are in his head. You know what that means? It means that he sees things, but his mouth is not going to speak. His eyesight, he he has seen it and he's now, he's taking all into his head and he's pondering over it, thinking about what he has seen before he will say this thing. This is a cockroach. There are some cockroaches you may see. Don't say anything, just keep quiet. It will trap itself. But the fool walks in darkness. May you be delivered in the mighty name of Jesus. Fool walks in darkness. But the wise man's his eyes are in his head. May your eyes be in your head. It's not everything your eyes sees that your mouth must speak. Hold it. Keep it there ponder over it. Let something substantial come out of it and then you speak. Sometimes there are beautiful visions you are carrying but you are too quick to talk about it and then you inform an enemy and they turn around and fight you. Sometimes we are quick to tell people what God said he's going to do with us. Meanwhile, we are not protecting ourselves in prayer and then we announce it and the enemy that hears it for them, they take it to places to ensure it doesn't happen. We we are very quick to say, hey, do you know what God is going to do with me? Have you been supporting it in prayer? No. You have not backed it with prayer, nothing. And then you go about telling everybody. And then you find out that the prophecy seems to be delayed. And it's not coming on. See, a few months ago, a few weeks ago or so, Pastor Justin showed me a prophecy by someone in the church, in the meeting. That he said that, he, he said, God said who will be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? Now, by the picture we are seeing, it doesn't look anywhere like the person. So I said to her last night, I said, that thing, you know how curious I was looking at it? It's, it's, it's not. He said, oh, maybe they, they didn't back it to prayer. I said, no, no, he was very emphatic. He didn't make it subject to prayer, you know, like the way some of the African prophets do. This, the African prof, uh, political prophets, you know that they, they, they always want to, be, uh, to outsmart the people. You say, uh, God said the president is going to die. If the nation doesn't pray, then keep quiet. Just keep quiet. Because if the president dies, he will say the nation didn't pray. But how did he know the nation didn't pray? And if the president doesn't die, he will just take the glory still and say that, oh well, as soon as he says, he says people should pray. And people pray, the president lives this kind of two by four prophecies, they don't don't wash. This guy was very emphatic. He's a white guy. You have a worship, nice worship. The person we press, the Prime Minister, is of this nature, nature. They said all those things. And we are looking at a total opposite. If I were him, I would have covered it in prayer and be quiet about it. You don't need to get fame for prophesying something that came to pass. Are you here? And sometimes people, I don't know what is going to happen to his church from, from tonight. Because this is very clear and it was all over YouTube and it's been forwarded everywhere. And I look at it with an eye of skepticism and I say, this guy, is he sure? You know? But I still want direction prophecy. This is not Meg. Okay. Where are we? Don't open your mouth just like that. Please, finally. Oh, thank you, Lord. Proverbs 17, 27. 1727 to 28. No matter the challenge, no matter the pain, think through before you speak. Amen. No matter the provocation, think before you speak. Think. Said be slow to speak. Proverbs 17, verse 27 to 28. Proverbs 17, verse 27. He who has knowledge spares his words. You spare the words. I mean, the words want to come, but you spare it. You, you keep it there and dispense it little by little. You don't release all like that. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Amen. May you walk with divine understanding that produces a calm spirit. It's not that you don't know how to fight back, but you, you, are, you are smart enough in the spirit to test the waters and know, I won't, I won't descend the gutter with you. I'm going through pain and trials, and I'm not going to add sin upon sin. I'm not going to let the devil take advantage of me. He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding... Has an excellent spirit. I pray that you have an excellent spirit in the name of Jesus. And say, This is how an excellent spirit is manifested. He spares his words, he knows when to speak and when not to speak. Proverbs 31 describes the Proverbs 31 woman, which I believe applies to everybody as well. He says, She opens her mouth with wisdom. That means that she knows when to speak and when not to speak, a time to speak and a time to refrain from speaking. Because words are life, words are spirit. The Bible says you are trapped by the words of your mouth. 28. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. Hey. 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 Even a fool is counted as a wise person when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered to be perceptive. The guy is a fool, but the moment he's able to discern situations and hold his peace when he's being provoked, he's considered a wise person. May you be wise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 27, verse 12 to 14, the Bible talks about Jesus. In his moment of trial, he exhibited what we are talking about. See, he doesn't teach us things that he himself has not been through. That's why he became human. He felt our feelings. The Bible says he was tempted in every point just like us and yet was without sin. So the temptation to fight back, the temptation to fire back, the temptation to say something at the wrong time, it's not only in terms of abuse, abusive words or insults or things like that, but sometimes you give too much promises when you must not give the promise. Hold back a little bit. Think through things. In Matthew 27, verse 12 to 14, and while he was being accused, is that in your Bible? Have you been accused before? This was even false accusation. The Bible says, and there arose false witnesses. David himself cried and said, false witnesses have risen up and they have laid to my charge things I know nothing of. It hurts to be falsely accused. It is a trial period in people's lives. Joseph was falsely accused. He held his peace. He was slow to speak. He said he didn't do it. They said you did it. All that They put him in jail. But God will see you through I said, God will see you through. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Hey, if you are Jesus, and and you know it's not true, and you are the son of God, and you are the one who created all these people, you would have flexed your muscles. You would have called down angels, fire, lightning, thunder. Name them, the things that you do sometimes. you swear by your father's toe in the grave. And you will attack and say all kinds of things. And the Bible said he said nothing. With charges, with false accusations, he has been brought publicly. He has been slapped here and there. All those things were going on. This is a painful moment. Anybody who is falsely accused goes through a moment of pain. It hurts to be falsely accused. That's why the Bible described that as witchcraft. The Bible describes the the false accuser as a witch. It's witchcraft. And the Bible says that anyone that speaks falsely of another person is a sledgehammer. These are murder weapons. And with all that he was going through, it is astonishing that he did not open his mouth. What? What a shock. Look at the next verse. Verse 13. Then Pilate said to him, (laughs) do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? Next verse. But he answered him not one word so that the governor marveled greatly because if he put himself in that shoe, anybody being accused, you feel like fighting back and clearing your name. And Jesus said nothing. It's a deafening silence. There is a certain level of silence that can be very noisy. <laughs> and that's exactly here. This is, this is the maturity that he was going through his, the greatest moment of his trial and yet he did not say anything. May God vindicate you when you hold your peace at the right time. There is a season to speak back but you must learn the calculations and know this timing this is not the timing don't spend energy on the wrong thing stay put hope in god be like david when his mighty men thought of stoning him the bible said and he encouraged himself in the lord probably would have used the word of god and said lord i know you made me kill goliath i know that I was ordained in the presence of my brothers. I didn't ask Samuel to anoint me. You sent him, and I know this trial I'm going through. You will bring me out. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 600 men around him first thought that the only way to deal with the crisis that had befallen them in 1 Samuel chapter thirty, when their wives have been taken away, all their investments have been taken away because they are following this young guy called David. Who has said that God has called him to be king? And they have been following him. And for 13 years, there is no sign that he's going to be king. And now, having followed him, they have run into problems. They went to fight the battle of the Lord. When they came back, their wives and children and all their investment have been taken away. And the Bible says they cried until there was no more strength to cry. And then the next thing to do is what people who have not met God and matured in God will do they started looking for someone to blame. And unfortunately, the only person they should blame is David. Maybe it's because of you. What kind of calling is this? Ever since we started following you, everything we have has finished. Ever since you said God called you, it has been one problem after the another. What kind of calling is this, David? It's been 17 long years. We can't see the way out. It's been 13 long years. He was 17, and he became king at the age of 30. So you can imagine all this time he was running away from King Saul as if God has not called him. And then the worst happens. And instead of the people to stand with me to encourage him, they rather the Bible said he heard that they were planning that they would stone him. Hey. And the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. May you learn to encourage yourself in the Lord your God. He didn't speak any words against him. He held his words. Jesus answered not one word. May you receive such a grace that in the period of pain and false accusation and trial, he spoke not a word. He spoke not a word. And they were surprised. The governor marveled greatly. What a shock. Glory be to Jesus. Finally, James 1. The last point, point number three. In the verse 19 to 21, we have seen that number one, we are going through trial. Be swift to hear. Two, slow to speak. Number three, slow to anger. In fact, the word there is wrath. Wrath is the highest form of anger. Brutal anger. Anger that can be controlled. Anger that kicks things and destroys things in the house when you are angry. Just kick everything, have to be kicked. They kick everything. It is said by the ancients in the Ghana kingdom in Accra, Ghana, that when you kick a stone in anger, you hurt your foot. The stone hasn't done anything. You are just angry are kicking everything. You will suffer the pain. Hold your peace. And the Bible says, let everyone be slow to wrath. Be slow to wrath. And sometimes you find believers, Holy Spirit filled. Come me, Holy Spirit filled. and When they lose their temper, they say, you don't know me. Yet. Look me in my heart. Hey, sh- look, you don't know my temper. Hey. You, you want to boast in a wicked temper. Let everyone be slow to anger. All the wicked thoughts of the things you want to throw, don't throw them, the things have done nothing. And if you throw them down, it will not solve the problem. Be slow to speak. Let your eyes be in your head. Ponder over the situation. What is the best way to deal with this very annoying situation, rather than kicking things? Destroying wedding pictures? Kick the television? and break it, like a man who just got angry because his football club lost a match. I think it was, a, it was one of these European, you know, UEFA matches, and he got so angry that he hit the television as if he would trap the player who caused the problem. What kind of foolishness and madness is this? But it is lack of self-control. You play into the hands of the enemy. People become upset. They even refuse to give school fees to their children because their club has lost. They will not eat for days. The player who was playing the match is being paid and you are starving yourself and ending up with heart problems. They are setting football matches. You know that they, they can break your heart. Don't watch it. Go and pray. They are certain countries when they are playing don't 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 put your hope in them anymore their records are past their current they will fail your heart you know the country i'm talking about don't, don't follow them into any world cup or any any afcon or any don't don't follow them don't don't follow them into any don't put your hope in them just sleep if they win praise god because some of them when you are watching them especially those three lions if you are watching them in a serious match, you need to put something—a screen on your TV—and be watching, and just leave it there. Especially when it's penalties, so you don't end up killing yourself. You don't end up with a heart problem. Therefore, you see the reason why we need to be slow to anger in your moment of trial. Things can be rough. You may even get angry at God. I've done all these things. I've served you. I've committed myself. I've given tithes. I've given And all these are happening. Hold on. Don't get angry and do anything foolish. In Jesus' name. The next verse, and we end it there. Slow to anger. Because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Your wrath will not bring the righteousness of God into being. You lose God in the process. You lose the presence of God in the process. You lose the supply of the spirit in the process. The anger of man, the wrath of man, does not produce the righteousness of God. In your moment of trial, be like Job. His friends all came to accuse him because they are making assumptions and they believe that he has sinned. In Job 31, he defended his integrity. He said, look, I haven't seen as you guys are thinking. I'm I'm pushing it to the point that if if I have ever slept with anybody's wife, let somebody sleep with my wife. That is the way he was defending his integrity. His friends came, they sat down, they analyzed and said, look, you cannot be better than God. This thing that is happening to you is only a sign that you have sinned against God. But we know he hasn't sinned. And in all this, Job did not sin with his mouth. He was upset, but he didn't attack them. He didn't kick them out of the place. At one point, his only conclusion was that you guys are miserable comforters. <laughs> you lack what it takes to comfort a man going through pain. May God give you wisdom to be able to have these three essentials in your moment of trial. And when you have done it, may God himself bring you out and give you a testimony that no one can rival, that it can only be said, this is the finger of God, this is the doing of God, it is marvelous in our sight. May you come out of the trial. May you come out of the challenge. May God Almighty see you through your moment of pain. In Jesus' name, lift your voice and begin to pray. I pray for you in Jesus' name that God will remember you and deliver you from every adversity, from every trial, and may he give you grace. There are some trials that God may not immediately deliver you from. He will take you through them. May we see the difference. So that we can go through and apply this principle in your life. In Jesus name you will be alive to see the end of the whole process. In Jesus mighty name. Somebody begin to pray. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for this message. In Jesus mighty name. I see you coming out a better person. You are shining. You are going to come out better. Until gold is taken through the fires. It remains dull. It is not shining. But when it comes through the fire. It shines. May you shine as you come through this fire in the name of and temptations and be able to apply these three ingredients when it's put together. May the Lord give you a better end in the name of Jesus. The Lord finish well with you, the Lord finish well with you in Jesus' name. Glory be to Jesus. I'm grateful, Lord. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christchurch International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus On the web, www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International. Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.